Hi, I'm John. Welcome to JNR Basketball. Today is Saturday, May 7th, 2022, and we're going to talk about the current state of the NBA playoffs. I'm joined today by Ronnie. Ronnie, how's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. We had a fun slate of games uh, Friday and Saturday night. Some blowouts, some some nail biters, but uh, it was it was a good basketball weekend. Yes, very. It, it was a good, very good one. So it is late Saturday, and we're going to talk about the game that just finished, and it honestly wasn't much of a game. Uh, Golden State versus Memphis, game three, final score one forty two to one twelve. Golden State now leads that series two to one. And this game never really even felt close. Uh, the final score was 30. It was kind of close at halftime, but you just had a feeling the, the Warriors getting ready to pop off. Yeah, this is a big surprise. I pulled up the score and just wanted to see what, what happened throughout the day. And yeah, one, obviously a big 142 on there to 112. I didn't expect that at all. I totally thought that would be maybe within at least 10. Jeez, you know, but they totally got blown out. Yeah, I think Golden State was happy to be back at home. Uh, Memphis had Dylan Brooks was suspended this game for his hard foul in game two against Gary Payton Jr. or Gary Payton II, who has fractured his elbow. His timetable for return, I I think they said he's going to be out for the rest of this series. And maybe they'll evaluate it if if they advance, but that was a hard foul. I don't know if you saw the replays of that. What did you think of that? No, so unfortunately I was out. I I had some birthdays with the kids and and things like that. So uh, tell me what you thought happened, because it looks to me that the Grizzlies didn't play any defense. Oh yeah! Oh no! I'm talking about the Gary Payton injury. Did you see that? Oh yeah, I did see that. I, that was yeah. That that didn't look like it should have been that bad. Uh, I mean, there was definite contact there, but I think he just got kind of unlucky with the way he landed in, in that elbow injury. It's it's just the the player. You know, you have to train yourself not to land on your wrist or your your hands like that. You know, that's it's partly his fault for landing like that. It is partly the other player's fault for hitting him, but. Oh man, it's just that's too bad. I, I felt like that once that as a kid too, it broke my arm, but uh it just it sucks for him. You know, he's not a huge presence on the team. He's not the leading scorer or anything like that, but he is mm-hmm. definitely one of those depth guys. So they're they're certainly gonna miss him. Uh not when they're winning by thirty though, because then you can go deep into the bench and really get your starter some rest. But yeah, this game three was it was pretty ugly. They were shooting Golden State was shooting a ridiculous field goal percentage at halftime. I don't remember what it was, but uh, at that point, I think Memphis was only down by seven, so they were kind of hanging with it. But it's okay. really, really hard to to stop them when they're just on fire, and right. it, it just it just got ugly pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? This is the best one of the best teams historically in, in the league for the, like the last five years. So yeah, yeah and they're, they're, they're coming back home yeah. first first game back home this series. So they they were definitely ready to to make a statement, and they they did that tonight. Yep, and then Dylan Brooks was a guy that injured. Um, Gary Payton, right? That's right. He was suspended this game. Yeah, so I think his suspension lasts for three games. So, but yeah, no, I thought maybe... it was just a game three suspension. I oh, maybe I, I just know. misinterpreted. Okay, so I thought it was three games, but maybe you're right. Maybe oh, okay. it was a game. No, three. I think it was suspended for game three. Okay, so well, so if if he was a starter, though, maybe he is a you know what they need defensively to slow down the Golden State Warriors too. I, I don't think it would have mattered. I think I think they were ready to win today, and yeah. they were just clicking on all cylinders. You know, Chris Paul had that perfect game where I think he went 16 for 16. It seemed like everyone on Golden State was channeling that and, and just mm-hmm. not okay. a lot of missed shots. Uh, Wiggins had a monster game uh, inside the paint, and it was just – it was never really close. I, yeah. I think even going into the third quarter, they just kind of started to run away with it. Yeah, I see Morant still scored 34 points, uh, still had seven assists, but – 
I mean, they Memphis ended up with 112 points. That's not really not bad. But geez, when you're facing against 142 points, I need to look at the all the points. You know, Clay Thompson 21, Steph Curry 30, Wiggins 17, Jay Poole 27. I mean, geez, these guys killed it. They really did. It, they they had 100 points. So at the end of the third quarter, they were up pretty big. They had a hundred over a hundred points at the end of the third quarter. Uh, I sort of yeah. checked out of that game at that point, but right. they, it would just put on a clinic. Yeah, and then Kaminga eighteen points, Porter thirteen points, so six players in double j- digits. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was pretty entertaining to watch. Uh, this hitting yeah. a lot of big shots. Who do you think is going to win that series? We're three games in now. Golden State leads two to one. <clears throat> Who's going to win it? How many games total? Uh, Memphis <laughs> being the two seed, so they have quote unquote home court advantage. So I, at first, with this question, I said it's just a feeling I had about the Grizzlies winning the series. They would have had that first game if Morant just made that last yeah. layup. So, but it just, that's how it is with the playoffs. You know, it just comes down to those small moments where they could have been up 2-1, to one, but now they're, the Warriors are up 2-1, two to, two to one, you know? So I think the Grizzlies, Grizzlies still have a chance. Um, I'm just going to stick with my... I hunch that I had at first. I, I still think the Grizzlies will take it. I think they can make it the adjustments to sl- slow down the Warriors next game. And uh, I think they could continue on and take everything. Do you believe the theory that some people have that the NBA is rigged and they want certain teams to advance versus other teams? I am one of those because I've seen you it too are. many times. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's okay. whatever errors. It's mainly because I'm a Phoenix fan and I've just seen it so many times where I, I see the the refs favoring LA and I even do this. I'll go right. on Twitter and cause I, I always pray play like devil's advocate advocate. You know, I, I'm always looking at the other side too. I'm like, is it just me because I'm a Suns fan and I'm seeing it like this because I'm a Suns fan, but I go on Twitter, I look at all the comments and you know, they're not saying anything about the refs or anything. It's, it's all, but you look at all the Suns comments for Suns fans. It's all about the refs. It's like, that's bull crap. Like yeah, we, go up, but... we, we go up for the same layup as they did. And you know, they get the call, but, we don't, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. Um, so do you think that the NBA wants Memphis or Golden State to win this game? Or have you read any of those these theories? They would want Golden State right now because um, they're, they're a California team and they have a really big following because of who they are. Um, let's say if they, they want the Celtics to win because that would be a, the biggest matchup. Celtics have, you know, the, a huge following from back in the day. And, and if you see Golden State versus Celtics as the finals, that's going to be a, a big rating show right there. So, so the fan theories is that the NBA wants Memphis to win. Um, and you saw that in game one where they ejected Draymond Green early for what, what Golden State fans say was not a very flagrant foul, but it was, I mean, he hit him in the face and then dragged him down by the jersey. Uh, yep. That was pretty blatant in that. I, I think he probably should have been ejected in that game. They... They should have won that game, Memphis. They should have had a 2-0 lead going into Golden State. But that's the theory. And when you look at number of three throws attempted going into the postseason, uh, John Morant is number two. He's averaging ten, just over 10 th- attempted three throws per game, mm-hmm. meaning they're calling a lot of stuff on him. So does that give any fuel to the fire? Or do you think that's just coincidence? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I, so I don't, I don't look at all those stats. So I, I like hearing those. I'm glad you looked that up. Well, no, I go, I, I go deep into the conspiracy theories around it. <laughs> right. Nope. I just mainly go by what people say and what what they're they're seeing, you know. But when it comes to stats like that, yeah, that's a uh, that's interesting. Yeah. 
The interest, well, it, here's why I discredit that. Because, yes, he gets fouled a lot. Yes, he takes a lot of three throws. But he also, you know, in the regular season, had the most points in the paint. So he's getting mm-hmm. in where, where the big guys are. and He's going toe-to-toe with those guys. Yeah. You're going to get fouls called on – or you're going to get fouled when you do that. So it's not like he's – I don't know. Uh, someone that's uh, – that's uh, was it Tyler Hero uh, who, who only – he doesn't really go into the paint. If he was leading yeah. the league in, in three throws, then, yeah, maybe – Maybe there's some speculation there, but it makes sense that someone that's in the paint a lot is going to get fouled a lot. Do you have that list in front of you? I do, yeah. Okay, so I'm curious, like, who, who else is on that list? Like, I w- So some yeah, of the sure. players I think it called, for, like, a lot of fouls for is uh, Luka Doncic, for example. Like, I, I think he would be up high on that list for fouls called. Okay. And then, He is number nine. Okay. Luka so, is number nine. Yeah, because he always has a ball, and he's he's one of those... Where is Devin Booker on that list? Does it say that? Cause so he, this is – I knew we were going to get to this. <laughs> yeah, we were going to get to the Suns um, because there's always rumors, at least among Suns fans, you know, we're the cursed franchise. Yeah. Uh, you have to scroll all the way down to number 31. Hmm. Devin Booker is attempting just under four three throws a game. Yeah. See, I just wanted to see if it was going along with what, what I said. What about Chris Paul? Is he anywhere on that list too? I don't. I, Chris I, Paul ne- is uh, thirty four. Okay. So Phoenix's yeah. top two players are Devin and Chris on this list. Devin is thirty one. Chris Paul is thirty four. You know why Chris Paul is higher on that list is because he does that thing where he swings his arms around and he, you know, like whenever a defender puts their hand out, he'll he'll get a foul for that. Like every he'll get like two extra fouls. No, 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 no. So that. this this is this is three throws attempted, not fouls. Oh, just free throws. Well, he gets free throws usually when he yeah. does that too, though. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it makes sense that you're going to have the guys in the paint get a lot of free throws. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll read Just the top. Uh, let's do the top five. Sure. Uh, Giannis is number one. He's attempting over 11 three throws a game. Mm-hmm. John Morant, number two. Joel Amin, number three. Kevin Durant. So this includes the first round of the playoffs. Kevin Durant, four. Jason Tatum, five. Carl Anthony Towns, six. Jimmy Butler, seven. Brandon Ingram, eight. Rudy Gobert, nine. Uh, and Luca as well as nine. They're tied uh, number nine. The only thing I see there that's consistent is it's just – a lot of shot takers. These are players that take a lot of shots. But Devin Booker takes yeah, a lot of shots I, too, right? But he's way down there at the bottom. Booker takes a lot of shots, but he doesn't get he doesn't get into the paint as much as, as like Ja Morant does. Yep. Yeah, see Luca Which, actually will go after players. Like he'll he'll yeah. go into a player's body. Yeah. Uh, I was on Twitter as well. I was see, I'm probably seeing some of the same comments where he he shoulder checks a lot of guys when he drives, but mm-hmm. never gets called for that. Um Yeah. You know, both sides. We're going to talk more about officials uh, later in the podcast, but it was yeah. interesting to see that, you know, hey, NBA fans, conspiracy theory NBA fans think that the NBA wants Memphis to win because they want Ja to be the new the new Jordan or the new hotshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's taking a lot of three throws, meaning they're they're giving him the, maybe the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Uh, he is, you know, you expect to see guys in the paint, power forwards and centers, but a point guard at number two is a, is a little eyebrow raising. So I don't believe in the theory of having like specific players and like trying to trying to give certain players uh, more free throws than others to like trying to bring them up like as Michael Michael Jordan's in a league, you know. I just believe as a team these referees. Um, there is one referee. I'll I'll look up his name. Scott Foster, I think. Right. You're, you're going to be talking about the anti Suns referee. Then yes, isn't he the yeah. one where uh, Chris? Every time he's refed for Chris Paul. Chris Paul has lost every single game, and it's up to like 13 games in a row. 
That's correct. Scott Foster, every game Scott Foster has called in which CP3 plays, the team that CP3 is on has lost. Yeah, so remember that when you're placing your bets. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, jumping back to the, the, the score there. Golden State leads 2-1. to one. I think Golden State's going to win this. You say Memphis is going to win this. I just think the Warriors are clicking right now. Uh, game 4, if Golden State takes a 3-1 lead, I think Memphis is done. Yeah, I'm if probably they can tie wrong. Two two, then I'm, it's going to go to seven. I'm probably wrong because Green was out. He, you know, he was. That's maybe why game one was closer because Green got ejected early. So, but it, I guess I just got to stick with my feeling. I'm just going to say Memphis. And oh yeah, yeah. There's there's no stats that I could back that up. I just feel like Memphis could do it. All right. Earlier today, we also had Boston and Milwaukee play their game three. Milwaukee walks away with a really close game uh 103 to 101 to take a 2-1 series lead on that game the ending of this game was a little controversial and i know we talked about it before the podcast started mm -hmm. uh marcus smart they were down by two just a few seconds left in the game he attempted a three they called a foul but they say it was a non-shooting foul so instead of three three throws he only got two three throws uh the problem with that is they were down by three points so it doesn't really do him a whole lot of good you know, they did the instant replay, and they sh they slowed it down. To me, it looked like he was fouled on the shot, and he yep. wasn't just trying to shoot it because, you know, he got fouled. Um, the context of the game, they're down by three. He needs to hit a three. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's going to be shooting. It was it was a little it was a little weird that they didn't call it like that. So if you were a ref, you would have given him three free throws, right? I would have given him three free throws, yeah. Interesting. He goes to the line. He makes the first one. So now they're down by two. Uh, I think there was four seconds, four and a half seconds left at this point in time. He intentionally misses the second. Did a fantastic job of intentionally missing the second, I'd like to add. Good. Hit the rim, which then hit the backboard. That could be he hard to do sometimes. ended up getting his own rebound. Oh, really? Have you seen players and try to miss and then make it? <laughs> right. Uh, which is always kind of funny. Uh, he gets his own rebound off the miss. Puts up a shot. A couple of tips here and there. They finally get it to drop. I think it was uh, Al Hortford. Al Horford that got got it in finally, uh, but they slowed it down. His hand was still on the ball when time expired, mm -hmm. so it was not valid. Milwaukee walks away with a really, really close, uh, really, really close game. Yeah, Giannis it's too had bad. Forty-two you're, points. Yeah, you were saying they had like three or four attempts to tip it in, but I mean, come on, guys, if you yeah. have so that many attempts, but then it finally goes into the fourth one. I mean, you you had your chance. Sorry. And it doesn't win the game, right? It just goes to yeah. overtime at that point. So there's still no guarantee that they would have won it in overtime. Yeah. But it was it was a really it was really fun to watch that sort of chaos at the end. Yeah, and it's too bad to have games end like that too. When you you work this whole entire season, and then it's just based off of one little call that who has the that ball last, right? Yeah. Well, it's just where the ref should have maybe given him three, you know. And everyone is like, "Well, he was shooting the ball. Why aren't you giving him three free throws?" And I, I don't know. It's just. That's too bad. I don't like losing games like that. I don't like that for other teams. It's too bad. This was the closest game of the three that they've played so far. Milwaukee won the first one, 101-89. Boston won the second one, 109-86. And then today, Milwaukee won 103-101. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at these stats. So for the Celtics, look at the rebounds. So you got Harv... Uh, how do you say his name? Har Horford? Harford? I don't even know how to say his name. I always heard it as Harford. Or maybe I believe it's right. I, I added it. I added a T because why not? Yeah, uh, yeah so, I believe it's Al Horford. 
But uh, he so he has 16 rebounds, and then Brown has 12. That's awesome. I, I want to see that out of Aiden. <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, for our Milwaukee Bucks, we got Lopez with uh, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Um, Giannis has 42 points, 12 rebounds. So, man, uh, so I would still give him the MVP of the league right now. <laughs> yeah, or he's MVP dominant. of the that's playoffs, another, I should say. That's another one that you see on, on Twitter uh, where people are basically, he's just tackling guys when he has the ball. Yeah. And he's he's not getting called for any offensive fouls. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've watched some of those clips and, man, oh, man, he's a big dude. Yeah. He's got a lot of power, but he is he's just bulldozing guys over sometimes. I'm shocked that they're not calling some of those as offensive fouls. Yeah. And I got a big taste of him in the finals yesterday, watching it with the Suns, of course. And I, it was so frustrating just seeing him do whatever he wants and they're, yeah, he gets every call, and it's very frustrating. So, going back to what you're saying about you know with the league favoring players, I do kind of think they were favoring him that that year. In the but he was also down two games at first, so maybe they were trying to like give him a chance to come back. You know, like okay, we'll give you this foul. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it is interesting to watch how some players are called. Uh, differently than other players and, yeah. and i think Giannis gets called a little bit differently than other guys both yep. offensively and defensively yeah he was two away from a triple double too he had eight assists so if he just had two more assists triple double right there and it's insane that he has eight assists yeah that really <laughs> I mean, is he, it's it doesn't make any sense for a power he's, forward he's so dominant yeah he is the best player in basketball right now i think did you notice that too for uh green for the i mean sorry we're already talking about the warriors but Green has a lot of assists for a center, and and I just think that's odd that all these there's these centers in the league that are becoming passers. You know, when I'm just not used to seeing that. You know, just with you know Shaq and stuff like that, you wouldn't see him with eight assists ever. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the team Golden State's a little bit different of a team, right? Because mm-hmm. they they pass the ball a lot. Yeah, um, and that's sort of their their DNA. Yeah, they just have that setup um, where so that's you know not Curry. Super surprising. Yeah, Curry brings up the ball and. Where Green will, uh, instead of him like setting a screen for Curry, a lot of times Curry will just give Green the ball, and then Green is going to find the open shooter out of Curry and Thompson and Poole. And when you have those shooters on the team, I mean, yeah, you're going to ha- get some assists if you if you have the ball at that time, if you pass it to them. Right. You know, I I did not know, and I, I was trying to do a fact check here, I did not know that Draymond Green sometimes played center. Uh, I thought he was a power forward. He does play power forward most of the time. Kevin Looney does some of the center work. But yeah, sometimes he does play, when they go small, he plays the center position, which yeah. blows my mind. Right. <laughs> he's 6'6". Yeah, he's a small center, but huh. okay. he, he does a I, lot of dirty work down there. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I, I did not know that he was a center. That that some I learned something today, folks. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so jumping back to Milwaukee, or let's wrap mm-hmm. up Milwaukee and Boston. Uh, I think this game, I think the series is going to go seven and I have no idea who's going to win it, but Boston's defense can be so, so shut down. Yeah. If they can, if they can do that, I think that they can win it, but everyone has a hard time stopping Giannis. So I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Milwaukee in seven. Yeah, me too. Same thing. Seven games, Milwaukee. Let's jump over to the games that were played Friday night and we have, uh, Phoenix and Dallas, this game, uh, this game was won by Dallas. They finally got on the board here. Phoenix still leads two to one. Man, and, I hated uh, this game. I, did you watch the game? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, 
All right, so let me jump into this game. This is a game that frustrated everyone. Like, so I'm, I'm watching it with like a group of texters, kind of, you know, like a bunch of family and friends that we text about this game. And man, we hate Luku all of a sudden. Like he gets every call and then he whines about everything. And all these fans about the Mavs too are pissing us off because they're, they're talking like they won the championship. Do you know that it was, I think it was 893 games since Mavs had beat the Suns. And they finally get one, and they're just celebrating in the streets yeah. and everything. I'm just like, shut up! <laughs> like you guys. Won 2019 one game. was the last time the Mavericks beat the Suns. Yeah, uh, ridiculous. Was quite the drought. Listen, I'm I'm happy for you guys, but stop! <laughs> like you're not gonna beat us for one, and two. If you do, oh my god, I'll just I'll I'll go. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch in the NBA at all anymore if they beat us for some reason. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's too much talent on this team for them to get swept. I expected them to take a game. The first mm-hmm. game back in Dallas makes sense that that would be the game that they take. Right. Uh, it was Chris Paul's birthday. Uh, and the Suns, you know, within the first five minutes of the game, they, it, I got a sense that this isn't going to go well for us. They, we looked horrible. They looked, they looked not great. Yeah. And uh, it, it showed in the final score. You know, 103-94 was the final. It didn't feel like it was that close. It mm-hmm. felt like the Mavs had control pretty the only, much the entire way. The only one that really seemed like he showed up was was Crowder. You know, he was knocking down good Jay shots. Jay Crowder, he, yep. Yep, he came up with, he had 19 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. So he, he really did overall, you know, good. He did a really good job. Um, Someone that didn't show up that you would expect they would was Chris Paul. He only had 12 points. Um, His normal assists are usually pretty high. He only had 4 this game. And then Bridges, you know, the shutdown defensive guy, he just didn't seem like he was himself. So he had 12 points, 6 rebounds, but he wasn't doing anything out there. And then Booker, of course, wasn't him his normal self. He he had a couple of knockdown shots at first, like in the first quarter. He, he did a couple of threes, but he ended up with 18 points. He really just wasn't doing anything. Surprisingly, Aiton rebounded though. So good job, Aiton. I've, I've been trying to get him to rebound, and finally he, he heard he what ended, you said, and he yeah. said, "Okay, I'm going to rebound he, for but Ronnie." Maybe that's because you know Booker and all these other guys were missing so many shots, so he had more opportunities for the ball just to <laughs> fall in his lap. You know? Yeah. What was was crazy to me about this series, and it affected the Philadelphia-Miami series as well, is the order of the game seemed kind of off. Boston and Milwaukee, yeah, they they were the first teams that played, and then the next day was the the second set. They got a long break on the the other side. Yeah, and then the Suns and Mavericks and the Heat and the Sixers were just sort of you know, one day off play, one day off play. So I don't know why they switched it around like that. I feel like it was a little bit unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you still got to show up. You still got to play ball. It doesn't matter what the schedule looks like. But I just, I don't quite understand their, their reasoning behind doing that. I'll have to do some research and see if this is done every year. But this kind of goes to my conspiracy theory of, you know, the Suns looked really good and they they're still number one. And then I think the people that are doing these schedules are like, you know what, we we need to switch it up a little bit. We need to have the Suns play first. So that way, if it goes to seven games, then they'll have to play right away against the the team that wins uh, you know, later on, you know, they'll have to they Gold won't State get any days is, off. The yeah. Assumption. Yeah. So uh I I don't know, I don't know if they're trying to set something I, up I, like I that. I think that's really hard to do. The <laughs> the thing that I was thinking is that I don't know who played last weekend, so maybe they tried to set it up so that the team that played Saturday last time doesn't have to play Saturday again to try to get the most TV coverage possible. Yeah. You know what? My, my theory is incorrect I don't know if on that's that. True. Yeah. Because that would make more sense to have Phoenix Suns play last because then when they 
when they do that last game, then they're uh, yeah. Like if if they have two, if all the teams go to game sevens and Suns are the last to go to the game sevens, they're going to have less of a time to to wait before they play the other team that played their game seven. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it does not. I did not follow. <laughs> it any, make, but makes sense I, in my head. I assume but, you yeah, have sometimes a, a beautiful say, mind. <laughs> yeah, sometimes when you I say it out loud, it, it doesn't drawn across teams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't come across very clearly, but. Yeah, I was wrong. Um, this this doesn't okay. go with any conspiracy theories that I was thinking about. This actually would go the opposite way and, and help out the Suns. Well, it's not like they're playing a different team either, right? So Dallas is having the same experience um, yeah. of, of the short rest. So it's not like suddenly they're playing a different team that's fresh off a of rest. So yeah, ah, eh, I don't buy that one. It was just a little bit weird when I saw, oh, we're we're playing again. And Milwaukee's not playing till Saturday? That's weird. <laughs> right. But as much as I hate to do this, let's give... Luca, some credit. I mean, he he played a really good game, even though he had some fou- fouls, you know, five fouls, but uh, he still ended up with twenty six points, thirteen rebounds, nine assists, so one away from a triple double. Good job, you little <laughs> son of Luca a gun. Luca is a talented. He's a talented player. Uh, he's on a talented team. You know, you don't accidentally make it to the the conference semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a good team. I did not expect the Suns to sweep them. I expect the Suns to win in six. So I think Dallas will get another victory somewhere along the road. Some people but I still worry. take Suns in six. Some, yeah, I, I think Suns are going to take it in five, honestly. I, I, okay. I thought they were going to sweep Dallas because Dallas didn't look good at all. But they got this game, and like you said, it was their first home game. So I think we'll we'll figure it out. We'll make our adjustments, and we'll we'll win next game. Um, I wanted to talk about, like, so there was a lot of people saying how Luka has made the playoffs like every single year that he's been on the map so far, the first three years. And then they're saying, you know, Booker, it, it took him, you know, three years to get to the playoffs. So Luca is way better than than Booker. I'm like, okay, so look at the book, look at the team that the at that Booker went to when he was drafted. It was a really crap team. Like we had Alex Len as our center. He he sucked. <laughs> and then you go to like the team that Luca went to when he was drafted. I mean, they they still had Dirk, even though he was you know getting ready to retire. But they they have some of the a lot of the same players that they do now, just really good players, a really good team that he got into. So please be quiet about that. <laughs> That's yeah, not, I don't that is not get fair. That, I don't get that. Like what, who cares? Right. Basketball is yeah. a team game. If you have a good team and you go to a good team, you're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't understand that argument. I saw something similar on Twitter where they were doing a roster breakdown and it's like, you know, Devin Booker lottery pick, Chris Paul lottery pick, Deion mm-hmm. Adrian, uh, DeAndre Ayton lottery pick, and yeah. comparing it to the 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 Mavericks like third round pick, you know, Luca's obviously a lottery pick. It's like okay, so your point is the Suns have a better team and they should be winning, <laughs> right? I, I, what, what are you trying to say here? Yeah, they they have a lot of lottery picks because they were historically bad yep. for for a long time. Uh, that can't be held against the players on this team currently. They're playing well together as a team and they're winning basketball. Yeah, and we were riddled with injuries that year too when Booker was drafted too. So there's no way that he was going to take that. Okay, let me just, I'll go over the list of players. Tucker, Teletovich, I don't know who that is, Alex Lynn, then Booker, and then a guy named Lure, Chandler, Tyson Chandler, he was okay. Ronnie Price, Goodwin, Knight. Well, Tyson Chandler was, let's, wait, hold on, let's talk about Tyson Chandler. He wasn't Tyson Chandler. He was right. the, the basketball player formerly known as Tyson Chandler. I mean, he was <laughs> yeah. towards the end he of was his 33. career. He wasn't as dominant, yeah. Yep. And then Archie Goodwin, Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight was supposed to be good, but injured. T.J. Warren injured. Markeith Morris. And then it just, these are, so I sorted this list by games played. So the first players I was naming, 
played the most games. Going down the list is has to do with injuries. Eric Bledsoe is on the list, but he only played 31 games. He was our best player. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, when you go to that team, I mean, what are you going to do with that? You're not going to make the playoffs. But then you go to Luca's side. It, Here, they, they got Finney Smith, Powell, Brunson, Donkic. Okay, we got him. Kleber, Harris, Nowinski, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Harrison Barnes, Wesley Matthews. They, that's a pretty good team. That's that's a, a low uh, low seed for the playoffs. Definitely. Oh, that's a seven or eight seed playoff yeah. team. Yeah. That's a decent one to come to get drafted to. So and then yeah. I'm thinking like I, I don't take much stock in those sort of things. Yeah. Who cares? Like let's let's say if Booker got drafted to the to Dallas with that team, I mean think I definitely think he would go to the playoffs. I don't think Luca would be able to take the Suns team to to the playoffs the first year. So whatever to that. You're you're really taking this personal, Ronnie. I this, did because these, it's Booker. These Twitter and bullies he's amazing are... and they yeah, I, it gets to me <laughs> and and I just like to hit back, you know, like this you guys are being stupid, so this is what well, happened. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little controversial here. Then I yes, don't please. think Devin Booker is. Uh, so LeBron James took a very bad Cavs team to the playoffs. I don't think Devin mm-hmm. Booker is the kind of guy that could lead a team without another superstar. Correct. Yeah. Once he got Chris Paul, it did change things. You you do need a good team to to get into the playoffs and to get to the finals. Michael Jordan didn't make the finals for his first seven years until he started getting good players like Scottie Pippen. And then he finally right. got to the finals and he won every single one that he made. So is Devin Booker, in your mind, an elite player? Yeah, I do think he's an elite player because he plays great defense and offense. So overall, he's he's a really good player. I think he has elite player games. I just don't know if I'm ready to say that he's an elite player. He's he's a really good closer too. Like when you need those those, those shots to close a game. That. Really, I think I'd rather have Chris Paul take those shots. Yeah, I, I've seen him close out some really good games though. Uh yeah. I I I mean, I think he has elite player games. I think he could be an elite player. I think sometimes you saw it in the playoffs last year, where you know he got benched in the one game after just missing everything. Mm-hmm. He he has really he doesn't have. He has great games. He has good games, but when he's bad, when he's when he's off, he's really off. Yeah, I see that. That's tough because I've I've seen LeBron James have bad games too. You know, there there's really good players out there that just have bad games. You know, I sure. guess. Yeah. Yeah, but in your mind, I guess it's just you no know, Booker maybe has more bad games compared to some of these other stars out there, right? Yeah. How, how old is Devin Booker? Twenty five, uh, I think. 25? I feel like twenty five. It could be twenty six though. He's 25. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's probably right on the cusp of being an elite player. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Obviously, I, I don't want the Suns to not win the championship. That they haven't ever won a championship. They're yeah. the cursed franchise of the NBA. <laughs> right. Would you? So if uh, you if you could redraft, would you? You know, let's just say Luca and Booker were in the same draft. Would you draft Luca over Booker? Ooh, that's a tough question. I I probably would. I would draft Luca over Booker. <laughs> I guess you would draft Luca over Booker. Yeah, I think I would just because. I mean, offensively, they're, they're, they're so very similar. similar. 
Yeah. Booker might have it a little better on the defensive side, but but Luca is a point guard and I've seen Booker as a point guard and Luca is <laughs> a better pretty. point guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I guess it depends on the team that you have that you're drafting on, right? If you have an established point guard under contract control, uh you're gonna draft Booker. If you don't, you're probably gonna draft Luca. Yeah. But I, I love that we drafted Booker. I love having him on the team. Hope he stays with us yeah. for under the ten seasons though. I want to change a thing well, right he's, now. Yeah, he's got a he's got a long term contract here. Um uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. Hopefully he could change my mind and just show me that he's better <laughs> than Luca. Because <laughs> right now they're very similar. I think Luca has him just by by a smidge. I'm trying to think, you know, we, we talked last time about how Luca let the fans get to him and you could see it in, you know, him going after the one fan in Phoenix. You saw it in the Utah series where he was making, I don't know, goofball faces after he mm-hmm. hit a shot. It's kind of embarrassing, honestly. I love those faces. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I think fans get to him yeah. a little bit. I don't necessarily see that with Booker. No way. As, so... as his career goes on, you know, fans are going to, are going to keep getting to him and, how is he going to respond? Is he going to just shoot daggers or is he just going to fall apart? So when the fans get to Booker, Booker gets revenge. Like he, his game goes up when the fans start talking crap to him. Which is exactly what you should have. I mean, that's what you would want, but, or you just ignore him and just, yeah, I don't know. I've Time seen it. Tell. I love it. I love when Booker gets mad at them because then his game just escalates and he, he just, Starts shooting everything, and he starts dom- dominating the game. Please, Mav fans, just talk all the crap you want to Booker, because <laughs> he will show you what's up. <laughs> all right. So, in recap, game four tomorrow, Suns, Dallas. Phoenix leads the series two to one. I think Suns in six. You think Suns in five. Mm-hmm. I think game four is going to be really valuable. The Suns take a 3-1 lead. I'm feeling good. If it goes 2-2... I'm getting a little nervous as a Suns fan. Suns are an excellent road team. They're going to take this one. They're going to adjust. They they know what they did wrong. They're going to win. I I will right. guarantee you. They're going to oh win. boy! The Charles Barkley guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> and the last game of the playoff series, the Miami Heat versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Miami leads this series two to one. Uh, I think it's a different series now. Joel is back. And he's wearing the mask, and they won their first game with him back. They they won it in pretty dominating fashion. They won seventy nine. I'm sorry, they won ninety nine to seventy nine. They really completely shut down Miami. This was a big surprise to me. I mean, Miami only scored seventy nine points, and then Embiid being you know he has a lot of injuries too, and not just a face injury and coming back for a concussion too, but um, he has multiple other injuries that he came back for. He he's not a hundred percent, but um. No, yeah. definitely not. He he just he he did what he needed to do to win. And where where was Miami? How come they didn't take advantage of this? Like they they have like a there's not a hundred percent healthy healthy Embiid, so they should have won. But they only scored seventy nine. They just they had a bad shooting night. I don't know what happened. It's just it's it, it's interesting that game three. You know the home teams took a two zero lead in, in three of the four series, and they switched locations for game three. And there, you know, Golden State, Dallas, Philadelphia all won that game. Fairly dominating fashion. Yeah. There, there's just... The closest game was Dallas and Phoenix, but it wasn't really close. If you watch the game, the score makes it seem that way. But it was it was very interesting how, you know, the home cooking really helped those guys out. Right. 
Yeah, this one, Butler had 33 points, uh, nine rebounds. So he, he did a really good job. Maybe he had the ball too much because all the other players, like they, they're almost in single digits except for Hero. He had 14. Every other player is in single digits. So what were they all doing? Lowry had, he played yeah, for 25 minutes, zero points. What's up with that? Yeah, the defense of, of Philadelphia just shut him down. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, you there's, know, there's you're not going to win a game if uh, if Lowry's scoring zero points. Right. You're not going to win too many games. Yeah, he he only shot it four times too, just zero out of four. So, huh? He didn't even attempt that many shots. Yeah, that that series, uh, I have no idea, honestly. Now with Joel back and he looked good in his his return. Um, I'm being down two one though. I have no idea. I, flip a coin, I think. I, I have no idea who's going to win this series. I mean, Joel's only going to get better unless he gets another injury. But, you know, he's, right. he's going to get more and more healthy, so he's going to feel more comfortable with that mask, too. That that was a big surprise. I, I thought the mask was going to, you know, alter his shot a little bit. You know, sometimes it just messes with it with you. You see, like, from your peripheral visions, you kind of see part of the mask, and it just you just see the rim differently. I know he only scored 18 points, but still, he... Eleven rebounds. He was still under there fighting for 11 the ball. Rebounds, yep. Yeah, he he did. I think from a job. mental perspective, seeing it, you know on the Sixers, seeing him back in the lineup mm-hmm. just gives you some confidence. Yeah, maybe you're right. I bet that could have been it too. Maxi had 21 points. Green had 21 points. So they're getting the help. Harden had 17. Yeah. He he did pretty good job in a, in the first quarter actually, but uh since then he didn't do all that that good well they were up by 20 so maybe he didn't play that's much. i don't know i don't have the the game stats in front of me but yeah you're uh, right. It, it seems like they dominated that game and, and you were able to get some of those guys some rest yeah yeah good job 76 is good job of coming back you're you're down two games you needed to win this one and so maybe maybe they can make it a series now yeah and we talked last time about some of the most dominant centers in today's game and i think you know joel is tops of that list if yep. if not you know, number one all the way across. So absolutely. Uh, if if he gets healthy and, and the Sixers get hot, look out there. They could they could make a run. So out of this series, do you, I I actually chose the Heat to take the series because Embiid was hurt, and I thought once they went down two games, that the that the Seventy Sixers weren't going to be able to come back. Do you think they're going to be able to come back and take this now? I I picked Philadelphia before Embiid got hurt. Um, but I, I do, I do think Philadelphia is going to make a series of this, and potentially win it. It just depends. I mean, obviously, it depends. It's not no 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 top notch analysis here. But whoever <laughs> scores more points will win the game, Ronnie. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think the Sixers, if if they can stay healthy, I I think they're going to win. I'm still going to. It would be a great story coming back two zero and, and winning it. I mean, yeah, that's never happened. <laughs> I'm still going to stick with Heat because they are such a st- yeah. strong team. They were first in the East and. Yeah, Philadelphia is amazing, but the Heat have a really good team this year. So I think just starting off 2-0, I think they're going to take it. And, you know, Hero won six men of the year for Miami, and he just hits these these shots just when you need him. It's mm-hmm. it's just he comes in, he hits the shot perfectly, and, and just really kind of helps settle things down when when the starters are getting rest for Miami. Right. So, yeah, it, it, I yeah, like I said, flip a coin for this one. I think Philadelphia is going to win it, but I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Miami doesn't lose another game and, and beats them yeah, four I, to one. I want Philadelphia to win because I, I I think they're more of an exciting team to watch. You know, I, I want to see Harden and Embiid and the 
you know, in the conference finals, but we'll see. Yeah, I would love to see. I would love to see uh, the Mead versus Giannis. Yeah. I like uh, Butler a lot. Eastern though. Conference Finals. Yeah, but I just yeah. I want to see him beat a little bit more. So there we have it. That's the last of the series. Uh, all series are two one right now. It's been a really really interesting playoffs. Yeah, I don't got anything else. I'm just excited to see the Suns and uh, excited to see them beat the Mavs and go on to the conference finals. All right, so I wanted to talk about something that happened off the court this week, uh, having to go to the baseball diamond and sticking in Arizona with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Madison Baumgartner is a pitcher for the Diamondbacks. They recently, umpires started doing this thing where they're going to check pitchers to see. You know, last season they were making them take off their belt sometimes, looking in their hats. This year they laxed it a little bit. And, and tend to, you know, when they're coming off the field, they'll have the pitcher hold out his hand. The umpire will do a visual inspection, maybe touch a spot or two to see if it's sticky, and that's it. But with Bumgarner, they, it was the weirdest thing. I don't know if you've seen the highlight of this, but mm-hmm. the umpire was holding his hand, massaging it, not looking at it, but just staring down Bumgarner in the creepiest way possible. And Bumgarner being Bumgarner had some, some choice words to say, got ejected in the first inning. And it, it, it all stemmed back to arguing balls and strikes. So he was on the mound. He had a couple of pitches that were probably strikes that got called as balls, so he wasn't happy. He he had some choice words for the home plate umpire. So the umpire that was doing the check was like standing up for the home plate umpire by just trying to get a reaction out of Baumgartner, which which isn't hard to do. It's kind of looking for an excuse to throw him out. Um, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see those those highlights? Yeah, and so I guess I, I'm not a big baseball fan, of course. You know, I don't I don't watch a lot of baseball, but. Is Bumgarner is he kind of like a Draymond Green or like a Crowder where they're just known for their antics and then yeah. they just he, the, his his nickname is Mad Bum because he okay. looks like a homeless person and he gets mad sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. He 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 will voice his opinion very strongly. Okay, so that makes a little more sense after watching the highlight of when he did get thrown out because yeah, it did look like the ref was just waiting for anything for him to say and as soon as he said it, He's looking he was for like, a reason. Bye. Yeah. Yep, that's that was it. That's all they needed. See ya. So the umpire that was involved in this has come out and issued an apology uh, saying, you know, I became an umpire. I could read it. You could look it up if you guys want to see it. But it was just kind of like, yeah, he basically admitted I was I was a jerk and trying to get this guy pissed mm-hmm. successfully. And then he freaked out and yelled at me. So what I what I just started thinking about is this the the inconsistencies of referees and umpires across, you know, both baseball uh, and we're seeing it a lot in the NBA. And we talked about it a little bit already, but do you think umpiring or refereeing, let's, let's from the basketball perspective, do you think refs have gotten worse, better? Um, what's your general overall opinion on on referees in the NBA? I 100% think they got worse. Um, me, me and my dad were talking about this actually recently. Um, the physicality of the game just isn't the same. I mean, you have these six foot ten guys that are just falling over. You know, get, getting these trying to create like an offensive foul where back in the day you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't just fall over. You would actually have to stand your ground because the ref wouldn't call a foul, you know, a bullcrap foul like they're calling now. You would have to stand up against these guys that are bumping into you and you would have to play solid defense still. It would be a much physical game if the refs quit calling these fouls. I, I don't like the refs the way that the refs are doing it right now. I, I don't have a problem with the way that they're calling it per se, you know, the same way that you do. I have a problem with the inconsistencies from one game to the next, even one possession to the next sometimes, where it seems like it's very different depending on the player 
or depending on the referee. And, you know, referees, they say you, you've refed a good game if no one even knows you were there. You're yeah. not making calls that impact the outcome of the game. But I feel like we notice the refs in every single game, and they're calling stuff that when you see it on replay, there's not even close to a foul. Right. Uh, in the Suns game, uh, I think it was Brunson was out of bounds by like a foot coming down the court. Mm-hmm. The ref was looking right at it in the still, and it could, it doesn't get called. And I don't understand that. Stuff, yeah, stuff like that can't happen. Right. And yeah, that's I, where all the conspiracies start getting built up. You know, there's just so exactly. many simple things that are missed, and I don't I don't understand it either. And then when you go, like, go ahead. I was, that's the biggest frustration for me is just the inconsistencies. If they're constantly going to call it that way, players can adjust their game. Head coaches can adjust the way that they're they're game planning these games mm-hmm. to to go to that. But you can't. There's no consistency. One day it's a foul. The next day it's not. One day it's a travel. The next day it's not. It's just all over the place. And I, it's got to be maddening if you're a professional athlete in this in this league. Not knowing what's going to happen. Who yeah. Scott Foster has never called a game where Chris Paul has won. That's insane. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That, that shouldn't happen. So clearly his style, his calling style doesn't mesh with Chris Paul's, and it shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter who's calling the game. Right, and they're trying to do something about it with the challenges. I don't really think it's working the, in the NBA, but I definitely think it worked in baseball where it kind of takes yeah. away from the game a little bit, you know, when you're going to challenge it, but... Whatever. I, I like it right now how it is, adding the challenges in because you're getting the calls right. Where before, if if you don't have that, and let's say you're in a World Series and it's you know it's an outside pitch and it gets called as a strike, well, that's going to well, change the whole series. I don't think they can challenge. I don't think they can challenge balls and strikes in baseball yet. Oh, okay. Or, so I I don't no. even know it's, that then. I yeah, just, I, it's it's if it's a home run or or was it foul? Uh, were they safe or were they out on a on a tag or a play at the base? Uh, I don't believe balls and strikes are challengeable, and I think that's because of Major League uh, Umpire Union doesn't want that to be part of it. Mm. They they fought tooth and nail against that. So what about – I've heard this before. Do you like the human error part of it where – No. You, okay, so yeah, you don't, you're not one of those. I've had people where they not just kind of like that part of the game where they just, just let it be part of the game. Like get, take the challenges out and just let it be some human error here and there. That's just part of the game. You just, you just play the game. That's – that's just tradition, we, and that's we have how the technology. Is. We have the technology to do it right. Let's do yep. it right. I agree with that. Yeah, I would like to see that. I would. I might watch baseball a little bit more because of that. Because then it's just a hundred percent accurate. Like there's, you have the digital box right there. It's showing you clearly, you know, what, yeah. what's going on. And yeah. umpires get graded on that after the game, right? They'll they'll look at that and be part of their evaluation. But there's no there's no repercussions if you're a terrible umpire. Angel Hernandez, you're you're a terrible umpire. You still get games. So mm-hmm. I was gonna ah, say, yeah, you ah. might get graded at it, but yeah, what's what's their penalty? Nothing. And that's that's the question I have in basketball. Is there any penalty for that? Because there are some terrible terrible calls that have been made that have changed the the course of a game. This the game today with Boston and Milwaukee that right. should have been, in my opinion, a shooting foul, and it would have changed potentially the outcome of the game if he would have hit all of those three throws. Right. It's now tied with four seconds instead of. Down by one with four seconds, and that's that's huge. Yeah, you absolutely. gotta get those plays right. You gotta get those calls right, uh, and you gotta be consistent about it. It's it's just it's been really really frustrating uh, as a basketball fan, as a baseball fan, seeing just those inconsistencies. So, any suggestions? Uh, like, do you maybe recommend doing what the NFL does and like give them three challenges? How many challenges do they get in basketball? One, I don't know. One, and then if you're if you're wrong on one, you're done. Oh, really? Wow. 
would you do a three just because of that? Like because they're but I know, it just sucks because it slows the game down. I wish yeah they're like why does it take them so long to do a challenge? You know like you you see it in real time for one like you you see it all day long as a ref and you're making these calls split second. And then you go to the monitor and you see it once. You should be like, okay, done. I saw it. Why, why so do they, they got to watch it like three other times? Yeah. What they've done in the NFL, which I like, is that they have a replay office where when it's a challenge, they've already looked at it five or six times. Yeah. So then when the umpires come over and put their headsets on, they're like, hey, this is what we saw. This is what it is. I think it's the umpires on the field final call, but they have it all queued up for them. Uh, so they, that's the way it should be as well. Yeah. They shouldn't even have the refs on the floor going to review it. They should just have... You know, the uh, maybe a couple of refs in a booth that are watching a replay, and they could just be like, "Hey, wrong call, change it to this because this is what happened." And that, then you don't have to waste all that time. You know, I, I just I hate when it takes away from the flow of the game. Sometimes it gives the teams extra timeouts. You know, and that that's kind of a right. could be a disadvantage for some teams. You know. So we want to hear from the, you. We want to hear from you, the fans. What is a play that your team absolutely got hosed on due to a bad officiating call? Maybe it's in basketball, maybe it's not. But call the JNR fan line, 602-935-8368. Leave a message, tell us your name, tell us where you're from, tell us your story. Tell us why that call was so atrocious and how it cost your team the game. Uh, 602-935-8368. We look forward to hearing from you. I'll be your first caller. Oh, great. I have plenty of plays. <laughs> Delete that number. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's something that happened this week, and I was just kind of blown away by it. Um, just the weirdness of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. And he's a pitcher, too, for the Diamondbacks. A really yeah, good pitcher. It was, it was the, well, he used to be a really good pitcher. He's yeah. Oh, well, if I recognize yeah. his name, then he was really good. So. <laughs> he, he was really good at one point in yeah. his career. Uh, I know but yeah, him anyways, and Goldschmidt. <laughs> Those are the only players I know in the league. <laughs> It was just uh, kind of a weird thing that, that got me thinking about just umpires and, and referees in general. And let, let me be the first to say that is a tough job. I don't want the job. I would be terrible at that job. I think I would be consistent, but gosh, that you just get screamed at all day, and yeah, it's a rough job. Would you have ejected him for anything that he would have said to you like that? I would have been caressing his hand while staring <laughs> deeply into his eyes to get him to say anything like that. Yeah. I mean, he had every right to be pissed. What are you trying to do? Take me to prom? No. <laughs> get out of here. What, what did he get called up? For? I mean, I know that he was checking his hands for, you know, tacky stuff and everything like that, but what did the yeah. ref see where he felt like he needed to check for something? Because I, I just they saw just do it. Just, they just do Oh, okay. I just saw him like wipe his hand against sometimes. his patent leg and that that's it. Yeah. No, I think it's, I don't know if it's random or if it's every inning, but They'll, they'll ask, and this makes sense. It was after the first inning. They just want to check their hands and see if there's any foreign substance on there. Yeah. Like I said, last year, they made them take off their hat. Sometimes they made them take off their belt, their glove, and they would do like a whole song and dance. But I think yeah. this year they realized, let's just check his hand because if there's sticky stuff on his hand, then there's a good chance. So, yeah, I think it's just procedure. I thought they uh, had kind of have like now. reason to ask where. Like if they see him checking, no, him touching anymore. a hat a lot. A lot and so it's just random, just... Like a random yeah, drug test out there. <laughs> I don't know if they decide, okay, we're going to do it after the first inning and the fifth inning or, or, yeah. or what, but it, it was just sort of random and just such a weird, a weird outcome. I, I mean, he knew what the outcome was going to be when you do that to, to bump Gardner, but it just didn't make any sense. Mic up the ref and listen to what they say and then let us hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I just love when those get leaked, when yep. the refs are mic'd up. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone.